0: What's up world? I'm Cameron McKinney and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about actress Mia Vajikovska and the sci-fi film Bumblebee. But first I want to talk about actress Mia Vajikovska. She is most famous for playing Alice in the Alice in Wonderland film directed by Tim Burton that made a billion dollars. To me, Mia Vajikovska is one of the most underrated actresses working in Hollywood today. She's most known for that. She was in the Crimson Peak movie directed by Guillermo del Toro, but she's also been like an, ending darl- an indie darling who's been in these smaller movies, but is some of the best Parts of these movies, the kids are all right. Jane Eyre, Lawless, Map to the Stars, The Double, and Damsel. One of the best things I love about Mia is that she's able to go toe to toe with some of the best actors of our generation. So in Alice in Wonderland, she goes toe to toe with Johnny Depp, who's playing the Mad Hatter. Alan Rickman is in that. Anne Hathaway is in that. And the kids are all right. She goes up against Julianne Moore and Mark Ruffalo, who's giving the best performance of his career, and she stands with him, and it's I, it's the best movie of me is, is The Kids Are All Right. That movie is insanely nuts, if you haven't seen that one. She is amazing in that film. And then in Jane Eyre, she goes up against Michael... Fassbender, she goes toe to toe with arguably the best actor of our time, and she goes toe to toe with him, and she's equally as good as him with most people when they are acting with Michael Fassbender, are not. She is the best thing of that movie. And then in Lawless, you have Tom Hardy, you have Shia LaBeouf, you have some of the best actors, Jessica Chastain. She's one of the best things in the movie Lawless. And then Map to the Stars with Robert Pattinson and Julianne Moore. And then the Double with Jesse Eisenberg. Her character in the Double is so interesting. She's not saying a lot of words, but she is so good. She goes toe-to-toe with Jesse Eisenberg, who's mostly known for the social network and all that and then in damsel with robert Patton, she's just playing some unique characters but again to work with so many of the best actors of our time and the best directors of our time and she's able to match their performance i'm, ne- I'm sorry she's so good in all of these movies it's hard to say what her best performance is again alice in is the first time i've seen her and she's so unique, but I don't think that's her best performance. I think it's the kids are all right. And I put Jane Eyre in that. I watched Jane Eyre last night. She is amazing in the film Jane Eyre. She is in every scene. I think the most interesting thing about Mia Fuzzykowska is that she's so intense. She's super intense, and you never know what she's feeling emotionally. I don't know. There's something unique going on there. Maybe it's the. The Polish in her, she's a Polish actress. I I can't describe it. She's so unique and it's so interesting. She's always the most interesting thing on scene, which is what I'm here for. I mean, yes, she's Alice, but there's Johnny Depp and there's Anne Hathaway. There's a reason Tim Burton cast her as Alice. I don't think any other actress could have done what she did in that movie. And then the kids are all right. Again, Mark Ruffalo is giving the performance of his career in that movie, and yet Mia, her, his scenes with Mia are the best things in that movie and then Jane Eyre again she carries the movies (laughs) Judy Dench is in that movie in her scenes she's just dominating Judy Dench she's going toe-to-toe with Michael Fassbender in Lawless again Shia LaBeouf is in the the prime of his career where he's giving some unique performances Tom Hardy is in that movie Jason Clark is in that movie. There's so many great actors and things going on there. But yet, Mia's in a small supporting role. And you're like, I wish she was in the movie Lawless way more. Because even though I've, I've read that she didn't quite get along with Shia on that movie, their chemistry is nuts in that movie. And I that I could have watched a whole movie of those two courtship. I just thought that was some of the best things going on in, for that movie. She's just in these unique, interesting movies. And then in Damsel she's she's in a Western, and, like, you think her character is going to go one way, and it goes the opposite. She, like, takes over the movie from Robert Pattinson. The first half of the movie is, like, a Robert Pattinson movie, and then the second half is a Mia Vozikovska movie, and you're like, wow, this is equally as good, and I don't think there's like an actress you would have wanted else to take over that movie. She has like a unique, she can be dark in movies like Map to the Stars, and even The Double is somewhat dark. I mean, she can just, she is the type of actress who could be in any genre, although I don't think she would fit in like a Marvel movie or something like that. I think artistically, I'm just, I'm digging all of the choices. I think I really respect actors who make great choices, and again, she's working with some of the best directors, and the movie stars that she's working with, yes, she's being in smaller, independent movies, but you can't argue who she's working with, Julian Moore, Robert Pattinson, Michael Fassbender, Jesse Eisenberg, Shia LaBeouf, Tom Hardy, Again, Judy Dench, Mark Ruffalo, Johnny Depp, Anne Hathaway, Alan Rickman at the time. Those are the biggest movie stars in the world. And yes, yeah, she's most known for Alice, but there is her other work is equally impressive and she deserves to be in that like is she the best actress in the world category I think she really deserves it she's not Jennifer Lawrence in these big franchise movies but for what she's doing toe-to-toe the consistency of what she's doing she's the best thing in basically all of these movies okay the kids are all right Mark Ruffle is the best thing she's the second best thing in that Jane Eyre She's the best thing in that lawless. You want to see more of her in that map to the stars. She's the best thing The double her and Jesse Eisenberg are the best thing. Damsel. She takes over an entire movie. Second half. I don't think there are other actresses who could have pulled off that performance where you only like her character. She's playing a likable character. I think in, in the movie Lawless, again, small role, she's only there to be courted by Shia LaBeouf, but she's so interesting. I don't know. There's something about her. I think she's the most interesting actress working today, and more people should give her credit for what she's doing in these movies. She's not a huge movie star. Again, she's in these small, independent movies and not everyone's seen. Not a lot of people have seen the movie Damsel, or The Double, or Map to the Stars a lot of people have seen Alice in Wonderland, and a lot of people have seen The Kids All Right. I don't know how big a splash Jane Eyre was. Her performance in Jane Eyre is nuts. That scene where she hears voices and she goes back to Michael Fassbender's character, that is an insanely nuts movie. And I don't think there are a lot of actresses that could have pulled off that movie where I would have watched for two hours what they were doing. She's interesting. Like, I could watch a three-hour Mia Vuzikovska movie just because of how interesting I think she is. She was in the movie Crimson Peak with Jessica Chastain and Tom Hilston. I mean, the choices she makes, the director she's working with, Guillermo del Toro, Tim Burton... These are some of the best. David Cronenberg. Again, I mean, the choices she's making. I just think at the end of the day, she's going to be one of those actresses who IMDb page is going to be out of this world. And she bet she should have been nominated for an Academy Award for Jane Eyre or The Kids Are All Right. I mean, those are even the double. Like those are the free movies where she should have some Academy Award nominations. I think she's going to have at least 2 Academy Award nominations when her career is done. She is one of the best actresses out there today, people. Do not sleep on Mia Wasikowska. Again, the movies, Alice in Wonderland, The Kids Are Alright, Jane Eyre, Lawless, Map to the Stars, The Double, and Damsel. These are all incredibly interesting movies. And she is giving breathtaking performances that I do not, I could not hold in higher regard. She is one of the best actresses of our time. And she is slept upon because she's not in a huge franchise. Again, she was in a billion dollar franchise. Alice in Wonderland movie and that's basically everyone knows her for that but outside of that she's doing unique and interesting work and I think the best compliment I can give Mia Wozniakowska is there is no one else in the game of acting like her she is interesting. She is fascinating, and I I just want more movies with her. In it, and I think that's the highest compliment I could pay. Watch more Mia Fazekaska movies. Now let's switch gears and talk about the latest installment of the Transformers franchise, the sci-fi action film. Bumblebee. First off the top, I want to say this is the best Transformers movie since 2007. And I've seen that movie a million times with Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox. That is one of my favorite movies. I just thought that movie had heart and plot. And this movie has the same thing. Travis Knight brings those two back. And a lot of it is because of the lead of Haley Steinfeld, who can carry a movie like Shia LaBeouf carried the original Transformers movie with this movie and her latest Her last movie, Edge of Seventeen, I thought that was an underrated movie. That was a little underrated because of I think it's a lot like Lady Bird, a coming-of-age movie that's taking place in modern time. I thought that was underrated. Her scenes with Woody Harrelson and that movie are just all-time great. She was in the Pitch Perfect sequels. I just think she's an interesting actress. Of course, she was nominated for an Oscar as a kid for True Grit. I mean, if she's in a movie, she's the lead of the movie. I'm going to give that time and see that movie. This is just, again, she just makes it a ground-to-earth Movie about robots. I mean, that's hard to do, and I just think there's a story about her father's death, and it just brings heart. And it's interesting, and I just think some of the latest Transformers movies have just been, oh look, this is cool to see. These robots are fighting each other. The CGI in this are amazing visually. They become like a Zack Snyder movie, and that's not a diss to Zack Snyder, but his movies are like visually stunning and masterpieces. But plot wise, they hurt, and Michael had really turned the Transformers movies into that. Produced by Steven Spielberg. They were just these visual masterpieces that made no sense plot wise. And Travis Knight and Haley Seinfeld have brought that back to the franchise that desperately needed it because I didn't need more movies that star Mark Wahlberg or, again, the Shia LaBeouf movies two and three are terrible. The first movie made sense because it was just easy. The kid gets a robot and finds out it's the kid gets a car and finds out it's a robot. It just, again, it doesn't make sense because that could never happened, but it's just easier to follow the origin stories. I think what's interesting is what's going to come after this movie, because are they going to go back to the same patterns of making things confusing and forgetting which robot is which and battle scenes that make no sense. But this movie was just perfect. There was one good robot, Bumblebee, one human character, Charlie Wilson, that we really cared about, and two evil robots that came to Earth. There wasn't a million robots battling it. This was a more low-key, smaller movie. Earth wasn't in desperate need. Like The Earth wasn't coming to an end. I think this was like the Ant-Man and the Wasp of the Transformers franchise. It was down to earth. Charlie Wilson was going through human tragedy. She, of course, got a robot car. That doesn't make much sense in real life. But again, it just was more down to earth than the latest movies. I mean, there was two evil robots who came to earth to basically take over, but it felt smaller because there wasn't a million robots who you didn't know who they were. You knew the plot. You knew the characters. You knew where this was going. It just, again, the, since the first Transformers movies they have become fantastically confusing with famous actors and you don't even know what's going on and why are these actors in these movies it just had become a franchise that was miserable the last few movies have been miserable Josh Duhamel was great in the original he was bad in two and three and then he came back for the what fifth one I don't even know the category Tyrese Gibson I mean John Voight The first movie made sense to me, but then all those characters, John Turturro, they just made a fool of those people in the later installments. And I like Michael Bay movies to an extent. I mean, we all like bad boys, but somebody else had to take this franchise away from him. And I think Travis Knight, who's famous for doing animated movies like Kubo and The Strings, he was the perfect guy to take this movie because it, it felt fun. And the last few Transformers movies were not fun. They were just visually cool. Like, again, Zack Snyder, he, he's a guy who just makes visually appealing movies like Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. they visually stunning. But when you watch it, you're like, this is boring, this is heartless, and there's no plot, and that's cruel to say, but it's the truth. And Travis Knight brought plot and heart back to a movie franchise that needed it most. They needed this made it feel more like a Marvel movie and less like a dark, evil robot movie. And that's something that I think audience is like and clear. Again, the Transformers movies have always made money. But this one in popularity to people talking about it, I think that was up from the later installment and it still had all of those things that you usually enjoyed in a Transformers movie. This was the best use of the planet Cybertron. The beginning scene where there is a robot war and you don't know who all the robots are is really cool. First of all, Dylan O'Brien for the beginning of the movie voices Bumblebee. That was a cool little shout out. He's an actor I like. The first scene was nuts. It's cool. You're into it. You're like, okay, I think this is going somewhere. The the visually Cybertron looks amazing and the robots look cooler than they have in the last what five installments again this movie looked different it made use of the planet Cybertron I think this was the first time we had been on the planet Cybertron again I'm not really keeping track but again Cybertron has just always been this place that they talk about this was I think the first time you had been on the planet and that action scene was Nuts. Again, nuts. It just was visually cool. And Bumblebee visually looked cooler in these movies than he had ever looked. Visually, this movie had what the other Trans movies, Transformer movies were going for. And it also had a plot that was easy to follow. This is the best Transformers movie since the original and I only put the original ahead of it probably because I was like a kid when I saw the original. This movie makes more sense. It is probably a better overall film. Another thing this movie does is it actually uses John Cena in a way that makes sense. Yes, the wrestler who I think really wants to become the rock of today. Like, I I don't know. The rock is really probably the guy that John Cena wants to be the most. I mean, John Cena has just recently joined the Fast and Furious franchise. Guess who else has done that? That is how these wrestlers are joining are becoming famous they're joining these franchises dave batista joins the um the Guardians of the Galaxy. The Rock makes his way through blockbusters. Now John Cena has a franchise. He could be in the Bumblebee franchise. Now he's in the Fast and Furious franchise. That is how these wrestlers can become actors. And John Cena actually proved he can be a decent actor in this kind of movie. Again, he didn't have very much lines. But when he was there, he was an intimidating army guy. And kind of like what the Josh Duhamel was to the original Transformers. He kind of fit that role perfectly. Again, I'm not out here saying John Cena should be in every movie. He was pretty good in the comedy movie blockers. Maybe there's an actual movie career here for John Cena that's bigger than I could have thought. But again, I'm I'm not here to say he's a very good actor because I don't think he is. But he actually does fit that like Josh Duhamel, I'm the army guy, you're the regular kid, stay out of our way mold that the original had. And that's interesting. And then at the end, they kind of have a good relationship. I mean, that was an interesting way to go about it cuz he could have easily been the bad guy. I just think he fit that role nicely and it was nice to see John Cena actually I don't know act well in a movie because in some of the other stuff I've seen him in he's been atrocious. But again, he can fit in these big franchise movies where he just has to play big and I thought he actually fit well in this kind of movie. Again, this should be the test for these kind of movies. The simpler the movie can be, the easier it is to follow for the audience, the better this movie is going to do critically and commercially. Because we've all seen, Transformers is going to make money no matter who's making the movies. And yes, Michael Bay is really good at making blockbusters. Clearly, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Transformers, the bad boys of it all. But again, I don't think Michael Bay has always been that interested in the plot of the movie. Just watch the second Transformers movie that makes absolutely no sense. Again, the first movie is p- probably the my favorite Michael Bay movie other than Armageddon. I love Armageddon. I, I, I'm, I kind of like Michael Bay, but I think it needed a different director in Travis Knight, who Michael Bay can do all the cool robot things, and he was an executive producer on this, so I bet he helped Travis Knight with the robot stuff, but let somebody else carry the plot of the movie, because Travis Knight does a better job than Michael Bay could have ever done with a plot. Tell me the plot of the last two movies with Mark Wahlberg in it. Nobody can do that. It was just a bunch of famous actors that I like in a Transformers movies that made zero sense. And now Michael Bay is off doing a movie with, I think, Ryan Reynolds. I hope he doesn't ruin Ryan Reynolds. If the next Michael Bay movie is bad and it's a Ryan Reynolds movie, I'm going to be pretty upset. I I have a love-hate relationship with Michael Bay. Like, I've heard actors talk about him. I've heard Shia LaBeouf talk about him. I've heard comedians. Like Jeff Garland make fun of him and say, I'll never see a, a Michael Bay movie. You can't argue that he's kind of an auteur in the fact that he's like, I'm going to make this big blockbuster and it's going to make a lot of money. And people care about that. That's what movie, movie studios are about or making money. And again, no director's movies have made more money than Michael Bay movies. The Marvel movies have made a lot of money, but they have different directors every time. Michael Bay has directed every Transformers movie up until this point. And by the way, Bumblebee has made less money than those other movies. But again, Bumblebee is a better movie. It has more plot structure. It's easier to watch. But I can't argue the Michael Bay formula, and I think it's going to continue... When he takes over another franchise, he might be done with the Transformers movie. What did he make? Six of those? Five? I think it's five. He made the three with Shia LaBeouf in the two Mark Wahlberg movies. Again, I'm a fan of Michael Bay to a point, but somebody else needed to take over this franchise. And Travis Knight was the guy to do it, and to do it with Haley Steinfeld was the perfect choice. Again, she's so good in the movie Edge of Seventeen. She's an under, she's not underrated because she's been nominated for an Oscar. But I think she's on the rise as a as, and as an actor who can lead a movie. She can definitely do just that. The last thing I want to say about Bumblebee is that it actually does the impossible. It leaves me wanting more. In the condition that Charlie Watson will continue to be the lead of the movies going forward because that's the condition. I want Travis Knight back on as director and I want Haley Steinfeld in the next movie. She obviously can't be the lead going into the 2000s because we know at some point the 80s has to take place and the 2000s have to take place. So you have to, she can't be, she's not around during the Shia LaBeouf movies. We already know that. But another thing I want to give this movie credit for, it's in the 80s and it doesn't use nostalgia in a way that's annoying. Yes, there's a scene where her and Bumblebee are watching the movie Breakfast Club, but you know what movie really used nostalgia in an annoying way? Captain Marvel and these other movies where they're just like, oh, we're at Blockbuster. The movie took place in the 80s, but it didn't annoy me with 80s nostalgia like I think a lot of other movies would try to do. And and that's just something that Travis Knight deserves a lot of credit for. It didn't It didn't have everyone wearing thriller t-shirts or I don't know. Other movies doing that nowadays has become kind of annoying. So I give this movie a lot of credit for doing that. And by the way, I hope Wonder Woman 1984, please don't do that. I know it's set in 1984, but don't use nostalgia as a weapon. And this movie did it perfectly. It had a little nostalgia with movies like Breakfast Club, but it didn't annoy you, and that's something more movies should do. Bumblebee was a really good movie. I cannot recommend it more, and I want more Transformers movies, which is—if we had said this two years ago, I would have mocked someone for saying that sentence— I want more Transformers movies is not something anybody would have said a year ago. But with Bumblebee, I want more Transformers movies if Travis Knight and Haley Steinfeld are involved. and You can even bring back John Cena. Another sentence I never thought I would say. Bumblebee, a really good movie. You should watch Bumblebee. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. In this edition, I put the spotlight on actress Mia Vozikowska and the sci-fi film Bumblebee. Next week, I'm putting the spotlight on two movies, Boyer starring Lucas Hedges and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood starring Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. Don't miss that. Don't miss this. Please rate, review, and subscribe, and thanks again for listening.